0: bruh to Fan Friday Promo Edition Part 2. These are all the promos we could not fit into the podcast last Friday. So I hope you stay tuned and are thoroughly enjoyed as we run down the different promos from several different companies. Next up we have a promo from AEW. This is Cody Rhodes asking for a favor from his brother Dustin after their match at Double or Nothing the first ever AEW pay-per-view.
1: You don't get to retire here. You don't get that. Because I got to ask you a favor. In front of God and the whole world. Before AEW was a thing, before we filled this place up, it was me, it was Kenny, it was Matt, it was Nick, it was Tony. And I put my name, on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match that I put my name down on? It was myself and a partner of my choosing against against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. But Dustin, I don't need, I don't need a partner. I don't need I don't need a friend. I need my
2: older brother.
0: now we take a trip to AEW, their first pay-per-view ever, double or nothing, and an iconic and a really great match between Cody and the natural Dustin Rhodes, his older brother. And after the match, this was supposed to be Dustin's retirement match. After the match, Cody gets on the mic and cuts the great promo asking for a favor from his brother.
3: Yeah, and I mean, as people with brothers you know, this really stands out, you know, he's like, I don't need this. I don't need that. I just need a brother. And yeah. I feel like that kind of sits with me because, you know, me and my brother we're we're close and, you know, and of course what happened to my mother brought us even closer and rewatching this, I I'm meant to you, I teared up because it's nothing but the truth. Even if you don't have brothers like biological brothers, because me and you, we're, we each other brothers and we're definitely beyond biological.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I don't, of course, I'm the oldest brother in my, in my group. So I've never had to go down like that and ask my younger brothers, listen, I need this person. Don't get me wrong. My youngest brother supports us on this podcast. He's one of us. So that means a lot. But I've never also had that moment where they called me to ask me for a favor like this. So I've not, I mean, I would be there for him in a heartbeat. So, I mean, it's that kind of brotherly love. And the same thing with all of you all. I've got brothers that are not blood brothers. And if they called me and asked for a favor, I'd be there.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, that's what family does. Like, you know, like I've said to you before, you know, you really put that into me like a brother – is family and family never lets family go without anything. Because I mean there was times that you didn't let me go without food at school. And when your brother came in, I did the same exact thing. Absolutely. Because that's what happened that's what family is.
4: Absolutely.
0: That's what family does for each other. And we see this in the wrestling world with some of the most I mean, they're great wrestlers. The Rhodes family itself now, they're not the star power as like the Flair or the McMahons, but they are arguably the hardest working family outside of the Von Erics in the history of the business.
3: Yeah, and just AEW standing alone, it didn't happen just because Cody Rhodes was a humongous name, WWE. That's far from the fact. He was not a big name. He was Stardust when he left. Correct. And a gimmick people liked, but he truly hated to the core. Yep. And so, I mean, it's not like he built this company out of, you know, just cause off his name or anything like that. It's from hard work and dedication. They're more like the Hart family than people realize.
0: Oh, yes. And then you take Dustin, who he's been in the business as long as The Undertaker.
3: Yeah, as I say, it's been 30 plus years because he's kind of older.
0: And he's, he just took a leap of faith trusting his brother by leaving an established company that he'd been with for over 20 years to just take a shot. Listen, I'm going to go with my brother. I'm going to support the stuff he does. And that was a shot in the dark. I mean, he's over 50 years old. That's not a guarantee that he's going to have the same pop.
3: No. He does. He does. He does. I think it might even be more of a bigger pop because I don't think Gold Dust was a very – it wasn't a character that was handled with care. I mean, it's Vince McMahon, so – no, the second that.
0: run, the second run of Gold Dust was a whole lot better handled than the first run.
3: Yeah, the first run was really weird. We don't uh, talk yes. about that. <laughs> no, no. You want to talk about things that should be forgotten in wrestling history, which would be a good Fan Friday.
0: Uh, yes, but I mean <laughs> this this promo is great because you see the raw emotion. I mean, both of these guys are bloodied from their match.
3: Yeah, I mean, it It wasn't – this match wasn't, you know, it wasn't your normal everyday match. It was a match to, I feel like, almost to the death. (laughs) Yeah, and it was in the middle of the card. Which is even crazier.
0: Yes, and you see the raw emotion on Cody's face – when he's asking Dustin, who's in the corner, kneel down because he can't get up. Listen, I need a favor. I don't need a, a friend. I don't need a partner. I need a brother. And he drops the mic. And that's when Dustin hugs his younger brother. Because that's they've got each other left. That's it.
3: Yeah, I mean, everyone else in the wrestling world, probably not everybody, but everyone that he thought turned their back on the Rhodes family for doing Absolutely. what they're doing.
0: Absolutely. So this... This whole promo set just shows how great Cody can be and it also shows how important family is. Blood or not, family is family.
3: Amen to that. And you know, people say, you know, I think it's like blood's thicker Blood, than uh, water or, or water's yes, whatever. Yeah. Yep. And that can't be more true than literally this promo.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Next up, we have the great one, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock, serenading Vicky Guerrero. There's
5: a very special woman that The Rock wanted to sing a very special song to tonight. No, not Cookie Puss. And I'd like to bring her out here. Would you please come out, Vicky Guerrero? (laughs) <laughs> Don't be shy, Vicky. Come on out. I just want to sing a song to you. Ah. There you are, Vicky. There you are. You look so nice. I got a very special song I want to sing for you, Vicki. You ran off last time. Last time I was talking to you backstage. Sing a very special song. I want to sing it to you here in Houston. And sing it in front of the world. One of my favorite artists, Mr. Eric Clapton. Lee- Clothes to wear she puts on her makeup, she brushes her short black hair, and then she'll ask me, Do I look all right? And I said, No, Piatch. to want to hear this because the world wants to sing it to you. You abuse all your power waste everybody's time. You dress like a hooker. It's not the
2: expensive
5: pound. So get your ass to the Because, Biatch, you look horrible tonight I said, Biatch, you look horrible tonight Hold on, Vicky, don't go anywhere, because we want to sing you out We'll sing it by properly. We said, Biatch, you look horrible
0: tonight. Now we get the great one, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, talking to and singing to one of the most annoying women in sports entertainment, Vicky Guerrero. We have the great one, The Rock, serenading her with an Eric Clapton song in this iconic Raw segment.
3: Yes. And honestly, during the whole thing, I believe this is when he came back to host WrestleMania. I believe so. And this is one of the greatest bits ever, because you got to think as a freshly new person. Fucking, you know, Vicky being annoying, and he asked her to come out. And he just sings, "Bitch, you look horrible tonight." Even when I sent that and- to you, and I rewatched it like four times because it's one of my favorite rock <laughs> segments. Because, dude, everyone in there is singing along, and you know, he probably ad libbed it too. To be honest with you,
0: there's a good chance. There is a very good chance that he ad libbed it
3: because her reaction but, I mean- is someone of shock, like. Is he really saying this to me?
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I loved that he got the crowd to sing it to her as well.
3: Yeah, he's like, all right, let's sing her out. Yeah, (laughs) like there's probably 18,000 people in that arena that night. And they not only did they, you know, get to see history, they also got to hear some iconic The Rock stuff. Cause I mean, it's not uh, the first time he's ever picked up a guitar and sung to somebody.
0: Uh, no, but it's probably the greatest one that he's done.
3: Yes, and I mean, it couldn't be more to a, it couldn't be more perfect to a person that it went to either. Because we all know Vicky Guerrero, you know, rest in peace to her husband, of course. But
0: yeah, and that that's the only reason that she was still in the company.
3: Yeah, at the time, anyway. So,
0: but I love, and I don't know if there's another superstar that could get away with doing this. Maybe Elias now, uh, but, but that
3: could be, still be pushing it because I mean he doesn't have the.
0: He does not have the fault. Don't get me wrong; the crowd still does the walk with Elias stuff, but he's not the.
3: He's not star the, power yeah. as
0: the Rock. Yeah, he's
3: not the most electrifying man in sports entertainment.
0: <laughs> oh no.
3: Not at But honestly, it's probably in my top five favorite promos. I guess you can call this a promo. It's more, probably more of a segment. But to me, it's a promo.
0: Absolutely. I loved it. Next up, this one is one of my favorite tag teams of all time, the New Age Outlaws and their iconic promo before every single match.
2: Hell no, I said Pittsburgh! Now then, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you, it's fine, no, soon to be, six-time WWE Tag Team Champions of the World, the Road dog, Jesse James, the Badass, Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaw.
0: The New Age Outlaws are one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Just because, I mean, you could go mid-90s, anywhere up to, if they both came back now, it would be the same reaction from the fans. Everything, when Road Dogg says, hey ladies and gentlemen, the entire crowd would repeat word for word what the Road Dogg, Jesse James, and the badass Billy Gunn have to say. It's that kind of legendary status that sticks with the New Age Outlaws. Because these promos were, every night, every match they had, this was cut before it. So, DX stuck out phenomenally. And the New Age Outlaws made this. Both men could talk. And this promo alone is used every night. So, it's kind of their intro instead of promo. But... If you're not down with that, they have two words for you. Next up, you'll hear the debut of Y2J himself, Chris Jericho, and the response he gets from The Rock.
5: After three boring minutes, The Rock says. Jabroni come on the rock show and not even have the class to introduce yourself. What is your name?
2: I told you or it but- doesn't matter what your name is. Gotcha. That one.
5: The rock says you talk about your Y2J plan. Well, the rock has a little plan of his own, and it's called the KY.
0: So what you have just heard is the debuting Chris Jericho going toe-to-toe with the great one, The Rock. We hear Jericho cut his spiel, just a little bit of it, and then we get The Rock with his iconic catchphrases and his slander towards Y2J. I think from this very moment when The Rock stood toe-to-toe with Jericho on the mic, it solidified Chris Jericho as a bona fide future star of wrestling. Not just in any company, because we know what he's done. He's been champion in WWE, AEW, New Japan, all of these. But this moment solidified Chris Jericho in his debut that the great one was going to put him over. This was the most electrifying superstar of all time put him over. And I still love that. And you had the audacity not to introduce yourself. And then he hits that, It doesn't matter what your name is. I loved it because this was The Rock, and I think every person that grew up watching The Rock has said that line at some point, and the iconic, if you smell, that line has been said more often than not. Next up, we have two of the biggest debuts in WCW history. We're talking about Mr. Machismo himself, Scott Hall, and the big guy, Kevin Nash. It looked like they were taking a little invasion from WWF at the time, but you'll learn. Just enjoy these promos.
2: People, What's with him? you know
6: who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where is Billionaire Ted? Where is is the nacho man. That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want, whenever I want. And where, oh where, is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for you. When that Kindle look alike, when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight. I got a challenge for him. For billionaire Ted for the nacho man. And for anybody else in uh (laughs) wcw hey you want to go to war you want a war you're gonna get
2: one what i'm here where is it
6: You've been sitting out here for six months running your mouth. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective, play. We ain't here to play. Now he said last week that he was going to bring somebody out here. I'm here. You still don't have your three people, and you know why? Because nobody wants to face us. This show's about as interesting as Marge Schott reading excerpts
7: from Mein Kampf.
0: No trouble here tonight. Speak and love. Yeah, no trouble, because you know I'll kick your teeth down your throat. Alright, so you just listened to the promos for Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Their big debuts in WCW, as Scott Hall called it when he first showed up. But this was two of the biggest of factions ever. It made it look like they were coming straight from the WWF to invade WCW. Which was the original plan. Which is what Bischoff had the plan going to be. Because it looked like a real war because of the Monday Night Wars. It was great. But people soon realized, wait a minute these are our stars now, they're not WWF guys, but these were two of the biggest names in WWF at the time, and they left right after the curtain call, which ended up costing Triple H, King of the Ring that year, which gave us Stone Cold Steve Austin his iconic 316 promo so I mean, the the curtain call and those two guys defecting altered the careers of so many superstars, so I hope you thoroughly enjoyed their promos Next up, we figure out who the third man is. Hall and Nash have teased for weeks. There is a third man. We get to bash at the beach. Two of them show up. Who is our third man?
2: Oh, Oh, no! Man! And then there was one, and it was Sting, and he didn't look too good. Hulkamania! Hulk Hulk Hogan is here! Hulk Hogan's here! Hogan is in the building! You're damn right he is! Go get, get him, out, sir! Yeah, on whose side is he on? Go, what are you talking about? Whose side is he on? What are you talking about? Yes, yeah, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrives! hook, hook, hook. What is oh he my doing? my God! He's the third man? He's the third man. What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. He is the third man Look At in this. this picture. Oh, my God. What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Uh, probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Unbelievable, brother. What have I been saying all these years? What have I been saying all these years? Oh my God! A career of a lifetime, right down the drain, kid. I hope you love it. Can you You see it?
0: Next up, we find out that Hulk Hogan is the third man. He has joined Hall and Nash to form a new faction. Which is funny because it eventually changed his name from what originally Hogan said, but Hogan was massive. This was a massive move because Hogan had never been heel He had never been a bad guy and this is what they did and it was like strapping a rocket to his back And sending him to the moon Hogan was already the biggest name in wrestling So let's take him and make him a real jerk a real bad guy a heel and make it so much better WCW did what Vince McMahon wouldn't. He would not turn Hulk Hogan heel. Kudos to Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner for having the gumption and the guts to turn Hulk Hogan heel. Next up, you'll hear the promo in the first interview of one of the biggest factions ever in the wrestling world. Hulk Hogan! Excuse me! Excuse me!
1: What in the world are you thinking?
8: Me, Gene, the first thing you need to do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say.
1: I have been with you for so many years for you to join up with the likes of these two men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. think that these people here and a lot of other people around the world have had just about enough of this man, this man, and you want to put yourself in this group? You've got to be kidding me.
8: Well, the first thing you got to realize, brother, is this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. These two men right here came from a great big organization up north. And everybody was wondering who the third man was. Well, who knows more about that
1: organization than me, brother? I've been there, I've done that. You have made the wrong decision, in my opinion. Well, let me tell you something. I made that
8: organization a monster. I made people rich up there. I made the people that ran that organization rich up there, brother. And when it all came to pass, the name Hulk Hogan, the man Hulk Hogan, got bigger than the whole organization, brother. And then, billionaire Ted, amigo, he wanted to talk turkey with Hulk Hogan. Well, billionaire Ted promised me movies, brother. Billionaire Ted promised me millions of dollars and Billionaire Ted promised me world-caliber matches and as far as Billionaire Ted goes Eric Bischoff and the whole WCW goes I'm bored, brother that's why these two guys here the so-called outsiders these are the men I want as my friends they're the new blood a professional wrestling, brother. And not only are we gonna take over the whole wrestling business with Hulk Hogan and the new blood, the monsters with me,
1: we will destroy everything in our path, Mean Gene. Look at all of this crap in this ring. This is what's in the future for you if you want to hang around the likes of this, band hall this band man Hall and this man Nash. As
8: far as I'm concerned, All this crap
1: in the ring
8: represents these fans out here. For two years, brother, for two years, I held my head high. I did everything for the charities. I did everything for the kids. And the reception I got when I came out here, you fans can stick it, brother. Because if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, you people wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff would be still selling meat from a truck in Minneapolis. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, all these Johnny-come-latelys that you see out here wrestling wouldn't be here. I was selling out the world, brother, while they were bumming gas to put in their car to get to high school. So the way it is now, brother, with Hulk Hogan Good. and the New World Organization of Wrestling, brother, me and the new blood by my side, what you gonna do when the New World Organization runs wild on you? What you gonna do? What are you hey, gonna do? Don't
2: touch me! Arden?
1: Tony, Bobby, Dusty, damn it, let's get back to you.
0: So now we have just formed the New World Organization of Wrestling, which is funny because it eventually becomes a New World Order because that sounds a whole lot better than New World Organization of Wrestling. This was arguably the biggest faction of all time, not just in star power, but in numbers as well. But, I mean, they were able to split off. You had so many, and there were so many spoofs. The ECW had the Blue World Order. But this moment when Hulk Hogan joins Hala Nash, the Outsiders, and becomes the NWO, is one of the biggest moments and definitely the biggest swerve in wrestling history. And this was the first time you really saw trash being thrown in the ring at Hulk Hogan. Because, I mean, that ring was full of garbage. Mean Gene interviews, listen, I've known you for years and this is not right. Hogan doesn't care. This was the biggest swerve ever and arguably the beginning of the biggest faction in wrestling history. Not just WCW, wrestling history. Next up we have what I call an interesting promo. The man at the center point of this entire promo never says a single word. Hogan King.
9: I wonder if we can get some kind of an answer... We have been getting the silent we can far. What in the world does this man want? He's gotta let us know between now and this serve tonight. You have got to tell us thing what do you treatment. Give us an answer. Just listen and look. For goodness sake. Adios. What the hell is that supposed to be? Gene, has got till Thursday. I want him to start talking. We may not have to wait till Thursday like you said earlier.
0: What you've just heard is not really a promo by Sting. Because, and it works better if you'd be able to see it, but this is a podcast, so you can't really see it. But this is J.J. Dillon and Mean Gene discussing what Sting wants. Sting has been silent for a very long time at this point, And J.J. Dillon gives him a ultimatum. Listen, you have between now and Thursday to give me an answer. And we hear the crowd erupt. Sting comes down to the ring points all around which is signs that say sting wants hogan hulk versus sting all this stuff so this was one of the biggest moments and the fact that they were able to play it off as yeah we don't know what sting wants was great because everyone knew what sting wanted it just this whole the crowd eruption you can hear the crowd erupt you can hear me and gene say we can't see him but this to me is phenomenal so thank you brian for submitting Holland Nash NWO and Sting. Our next promo is the phenomenal Undertaker breaking character for the first time as he calls out the head of WWE.
6: Why I'm so pissed off at Vince McMahon. We're live. Let's start from the beginning. Some 10 years ago, when I first arrived in the World Wrestling Federation, Vince McMahon was known for somebody that would give somebody an opportunity, even if they were just a a little different. And Vince McMahon did just that. He gave me the chance to be myself, to be The Undertaker. But you see, that's where all the giving stopped and all the taking began. Shortly after my arrival here in the World Wrestling Federation, I became the slayer of the dragons. Now you ask, what do I mean by that? Vince McMahon knew that I would be loyal for him giving me an opportunity. So what he did is he put every giant, every freak that he knew his hand picked champions couldn't beat, and he sick me on him. And I beat him, I destroyed him, and I moved on. What I did for Vince McMahon was make his kingdom safe for himself and all of his hand picked champions. The whole time I knew that my time would come. And after I made his kingdom safe and there was no one left, well then I got my opportunities. Oh yes, I am a two-time former World Wrestling Federation champion. But as you all know, my tenure as champion they didn't last very long. Why? Because Vince McMahon didn't want someone like The Undertaker representing the World Wrestling Federation. But I remained loyal. Even after all his hand chosen favorites left town for greener pastures, more money, I stayed here. I stayed by his side, thinking my time would come. How do I get repaid for that? He forces me to fight my own brother. He gives Paul Bear an open forum to discuss every tragic incident that ever happened in the life of The Undertaker. For what reason? Let me tell you why. Because it's all ratings. He put my family tragedy on the line for ratings. And even after all that, I never lost my smile. I kept on fighting. And as I've been taking care of family business, Stone Cold Steve Austin, right to the top. But don't get me wrong, I got nothing against Steve Austin. The only thing Steve Austin ever did was come to the ring and fight me like a man. And that's all I ever asked. But you see Vince, After years of mistreatment, and after the last eight months of you throwing my family up in my face, I've had enough. Now it's time The Undertaker got what is rightfully his. I demand my shot at the World Wrestling Federation title. Now, I've done enough talking. Now, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, whatever it is you like to be called, I think it's time you got your pencil neck geek ass out
0: here and faced the Reaper. Whoa! And now it- So what you just heard is The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, really breaking kayfabe for the first time in his career as he's calling out Vince McMahon. Taker has been the most loyal superstar ever to Vince McMahon, and all of this is just pure emotion that Taker's streaming out. Because at the time, he was getting passed over for spots for guys like Austin and uh, Shawn Michaels, all this stuff, so Taker wants his piece of the pie. And he's had enough of just being there all the time and not getting his respect. So this is 100% pure Mark Calloway. So I want to take this little break between a couple of our promos. And just give a huge shout out to the Sportsball Mania team, Dudes Inc., Straight Edge Gaming. All, all three of these are led by great friends of mine. I've been on every one of them now. And I just want to give them a massive shout-out. So go give them a listen. Sports Ball Mania, Dudes Inc., Straight Edge Gaming. These are just some dudes talking about stuff in their lives and the sports world and the gaming world. This is stuff that matters to them. So go give them a listen and a play. Favorite them, subscribe to them, all this stuff. So thank you, gentlemen. This is Matty Ice, Pork Chop, and Mr. Straight Edge himself. So do a, continue to do a great job, gentlemen, and keep it up. Next up, you'll hear quite a long promo, but it's essentially the passing of the torch. Enjoy the 16-time champion John Cena taking Roman Reigns to school.
10: don't need to fight me, you are the high exalted Roman Reigns. You are the big dog, everybody back there knows it. Everybody out here still kind of trying to figure it out. You see Roman, I'm what you would call a polarizing figure every week there are people that, that cheer because they stand for what I believe in and then there are people that boo because they don't and then every single week you can audibly hear those people so desperately wanting me to change the content of my character maybe a little heel-turn but with, with you, it's, it's different I don't know if anyone's ever told you this They go back and forth with you because when they look at you, they see what I see. A cheap ass, corporately created, John Cena bootleg. Here, he ain't the guy. Dude, you're just a guy. A guy trying so desperately to fill shoes that you never will. Listen carefully, young man. I'm not the undertaker. I'm not a battered veteran at the end of his career with a bad hip. I am the fastest, strongest, and hungriest that I have ever been in my entire life. And the reason you won't sign that is because you know if you do, your Roman Empire...
7: Again, he's the king of this. He can take anything and spin it, that's what he does. But it blows my mind that he stands out here and he runs his mouth and he's talking about y'all boo him because y'all want him to be a bad guy? They boo you
10: because first of all you suck. Hey, uh, according to them, so does he, but that's okay. He want a gold medal. Just shut up for a while. How about that? And second of all, go ahead, find it. Go ahead. I'll wait. It's called a promo, Shut kid, your mouth, if you John. want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it, so go ahead. Wow. See your fourth wall.
7: The reason why they boo you is because they see right through you. You're a phony. You're a yes man who can learn how to do anything or be anything. So if you wrap all that up, you're just a fake bitch. Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? Yeah, you hearing me now, ain't you? Not only that, he's a part-time and fake-ass bitch. And I'll be damned if I don't bust my ass Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every single week, so you can hang out on the Today Show. And jump on his big old bus, and hell, maybe I'll come to a WWE show if they pay me enough. But what are you really going to do, John? What are you going to do, huh? You're going to jump off that bus with that big-ass shuffle, that big shut that big shovel. That's what you're going to do, and you're going to bury as much young talent as you can. Because that's what you do, Right. That's how you stay on top of the mountain. You'll do anything. You're just a backstabbing shark. But the thing is, the reason why you don't like me, what irritates you about me, you can't bury me, John. You can't touch me. Hell, I think this is fitting. I'm the one guy in the WWE that John Cena can't see. So now tell me this, why would I want to lessen myself, my legacy, my bloodline to be the next John Cena when I can be
10: the one and only Roman Reigns? Because Roman Reigns is a fool. Roman Reigns is a damn fool. There's an old saying, it's better to keep your mouth shut and have people think you're stupid than to open and prove them right. You, of all people, you, waltz down here and use the same pathetic excuse that every other single person before you has done. You, with all your gifts and all your opportunities, you have the gall to blame me. That's fine, that's fine, big dog. Congratulations. It took you five years to get a halfway decent promo, but now I'm about to shrink you down to size. Oh boy. Okay! So everybody back there thinks I got this mythical golden shovel. That I got these magical powers that I can control everything and keep everybody's faith. Dude, I can't tell if you're blind or stupid. Look and listen. They hold the keys. They always have. They always will. But you got to blame me. Fine, I've been hearing that racket for 10 years and I ain't tired yet. I'm strong enough. I've been called a lot worse by a lot tougher. But you actually believe that I'm a shark, that I hold everybody down, that I swim to the top and keep them underwater at any and all costs. I'm a level with you, homie. I haven't main evented WrestleMania in five years. I was the opening match at SummerSlam. I was honored and privileged to earn the United States title at this stage in my career and use it as a beacon of opportunity to introduce new superstars to the WWE like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, just to name a few. You took the US title as a demotion and you stand there and blame me fine I blame you I'm still here because you can't do your job When it comes to this yard, you probably haven't learned it yet. There's only one rule, step up or step aside. And over the years, there's been a few to step up, but nobody to ever keep up. And then I finally hear about this one guy, the guy, the Roman Reigns, the one that can keep up. And now I look at you and I listen to you. You should be ashamed I'm a part-timer because I can do this
0: part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. Cena, Reigns, No Mercy 2017.
11: Yep, and I can't believe I'm, I've am i got a Reigns-Cena promo in this.
0: Well, it's more of a Cena than Reigns because this is Reigns'
11: worst promo ever. Yeah, and it basically it's on here because... Scene is telling him, hey, you, you
0: want my spot? Here's what you got to do. Absolutely. And I love it in the middle. He goes, congratulations. It took you five years, but you finally could a halfway decent promo. And I was like, oh, my God, they're letting him bury the top star on live
11: air. <laughs> yeah, and, there, and there's other moments where he's like, you know, I think the exact wording was, hey, if you could do this, I wouldn't have to be here part time
0: to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I could do what? part-time what you can do full-time and i was like oh like cena just buries reigns
4: my favorite thing about the whole thing was reigns brings up the magic golden shovel and and then cena just goes yeah i've got this magic golden shovel that somewhat that people say i buried younger talent with oh i don't have it you just suck (laughs) yes yeah
11: and and then we get
4: reigns
0: talking about you're just a fake part-time bitch and I was like, ooh. <laughs> it was like the schoolyard fight where he calls them. <laughs> well, yeah, this is like a 10-minute It was, was, was a schoolyard fight. <laughs> yeah, and it, there was really, like, no payoff in the ring. Cena just drops the mic at the end. And I'm like, okay, Reigns just got completely buried. I'm like, he should never be able to speak. Never. At this point, he was terrible as a promo guy. Which is why when they were in the Shield, Ambrose and Rollins did the talking.
11: Yeah, and then what R- got R- me. R- is, R- what gets me is at the end of all this, because I think it's the same year Reigns beat Taker. Uh, yes. Is if you go back and watch both those matches, for for the Undertaker, it you know, he builds up like speed, like he hits the ropes twice to spear him. Yeah, For Cena just to beat him, he like barely bounces off the ropes.
0: Absolutely, I was like, oh cool, yeah, because Reigns had just beaten Taker in seventeen, and Taker beat Rain or Cena in eighteen. So yeah, and they didn't. He Taker did not fight at nineteen.
11: Yeah, like the just the difference between those two
0: spears. I was like, you're you're really going to expect me to believe that? Yeah, I mean, this was essentially it's a passing of the torch quote-unquote, but it was like Cena took his Olympic torch and gave Roman Reigns a toothpick that was charred.
4: Did he not fight at WrestleMania 35?
0: No. I could have sworn no. he did. Nope, because we all thought it was going to happen against Elias, and we got the doctor of Thugonomics comes out.
3: Taker That's appeared, right.
0: Taker appeared on Monday Night Raw the next night to attack Elias, but he did not fight at 35. Poor Elias. Was hurt. Yep. It was the first WrestleMania since WrestleMania 2000 Taker had not fought at. I mean, hmm. for Christ's sake, he's fought at 27 of the 36 of them. So, And he wasn't in the company for the first, I think, seven, six or seven. So he's pretty stable. But this whole promo built up to a match at No Mercy. And I can't remember the match. So obviously hmm. it doesn't stand out. I mean I only remember the ending of the match because of that spear. Yeah. So I mean that that's what we get the promo and this is just a ten minute just Cena berates Roman Reigns because he can't talk on the mic. At this point Reigns has broken out. This is his this is when Vince is pushing Roman Reigns down our throat. Didn't need to at all. But we got it that way. So let's feed John Cena to him. And did it help Roman Reigns? Nope. No, not at all. Did it hurt John Cena? Nope. Another one of these pointless things that Vince McMahon does. So thank you, Steve. Next up, we'll hear Bray Wyatt talking about a lady from his past.
12: We lay our heads down to dream. And that's when our minds really start to tick. We start remembering all these things, these horrible things, these travesties that have happened to us in our lives. But in our dreams, we're superheroes. And in our dreams, we can fix everything. We dream of revenge. We dream of payback. just like that, man, just like that, we wake up and that's when reality starts to set in. That's when we go to the mirror and we look looking and we remember that we are not superheroes and that we cannot fix everything. And so we bottle all this rage up inside of us and we go on living our dismal little lives as if nothing is wrong, but everything, everything, everything is wrong. And I plan on fixing that, you see, I used to have this mean old teacher and this teacher, she used to look down upon me and she went to great measures to make sure that I remembered that I was a piece of trash and that I would never amount to anything in my life. She believed that everything she read in a book was true and that everything that I believed in was a lie. So, so I went up to her and I said, Miss Teacher Lady, what is it about you that makes you think that you're so much better than me, that makes you think you're so much madder than me? Is it because, is it because your mommy and daddy paid for you to go to some fancy school so that you can wave this diploma around all of us, so that you can look down upon children and force feed them propaganda? Well, I say, nah She looked at me and she said, Bray Wyatt, you are rotten. You stand for nothing. She said, Bray Wyatt, the first time that I ever looked inside of your eyes, I knew there was something inside of you. I knew that you were evil.
2: Mm. But I am proud
12: to say that right now somewhere that teacher lady is rotting inside of some retirement home filled up with all of her life's regrets. But I, Bray Wyatt, stand here in front of you today as a conqueror, as a revolutionary, as the man of a thousand troops, and I say, Miss
2: Teacher Lady, look at me right now. I got the whole damn world in my hands.
12: Is my
0: payback. My ends justify my means. Even for that one. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's great. So, your next one up is, I want to call him the best promo guy currently in the business outside of The Miz. Because The Miz just cuts heartfelt promos. Let's go to Bray Wyatt and Mean Miss Teacher Lady. Oh, yeah, and I the thing I
11: love about this is as he's going, you don't know who this is going to, like towards or directed at. You don't know what the point is, but he still makes his point across by saying, you know, Hey, she didn't believe in me. And now she's in a retirement home.
0: Yeah. Rotting.
11: And re- I love that. She's rotting in a retirement home. I thought, wow. And like, even like the story of this promo like even that teacher looked in his eyes and saw evil
0: yes and it's just one of these that's great because bray is able because i don't even really know who this was directed at at this point it was just him getting out there and talking listen nobody believed in me ever yeah. and look where i'm at now yeah i think
11: i think part of it's just like proving haters wrong because they like like we said a while ago, you know he was my Michael McGillicuddy. I think his name mm-hmm. was Mm-mm. Husky Harris. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, McGillicuddy was Curtis Axel. Yeah, like he had all these failed gimmicks, and no one believed in him. And then yet here he is
0: on top of the world. Absolutely, and I love the crowd serenading with "He's got the whole world," and that just it sticks out to me. And I wish we could get. Like, split personalities now with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and then that Bray Wyatt, all in one character. Would be very interesting. But this promo, I mean, we've all had teachers that didn't believe in us. Oh, absolutely. But I've never called one out publicly like that. No. I mean, it was like built up just anger and rage. Because he gets very passionate during this. And Rowan and Harper are just standing in the ring. They never move while Bray just, he's like a bull, just walks the fence.
11: <laughs> and I'd, I'd love to think someone showed this teacher this promo. Yeah, and she's probably like,
0: who is that?
11: Matter. <laughs> she looked at him like, well, that son of a bitch.
0: Yeah, little old uh, rotunda. <laughs> Which is a funny name for a fat guy, anyways. Let's put a little rotunda. rotunda. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, sounds like mean, a it's, SoundCloud rapper. It does, little rotunda. But I mean, this promo and Bray Wyatt is the greatest promo guy currently. Him and the Miz to me are one A and one B, because Bray Wyatt is the modern take on the Undertaker. Because when Bray speaks, the crowd is quiet. You don't get yeah. that a whole lot anymore.
11: And and I hate that I'm about to make this
0: comparison. Convince others to do his bidding, like Rowan and Harper. Yeah. Because there was a lot of the time, like, Bray never attacked. Like, when they first beat up Kane, Bray didn't hit Kane. No. It was He's- Rowan and Harper. <laughs> so he was like Charles Manson in that point, where he was able to convince others to do his bidding and just sit back there like the cult leader he is.
4: And the sheer fact that rain that uh, Rowan and Harper destroyed Kane as much as they did is just ast- it's just astounding to see what else they could do. It was the perfect debut yes
0: all right Steven so our next promo is the phenomenal undertaker laying it down and telling the truth to some wayward souls. <sighs> and the
6: reaper of wayward souls I am the world heavyweight champion and this this is the holy grail of everyone who steps foot in this ring. And that is why it was so important that I possess it. Because every wayward soul would stray from crossing the path of the Undertaker. But now, consumed by the lust. Of fortune and fame the recognition that this championship brings will lead them down a road for which they will be sorry they ever embarked because that road ends in my yard for them it will be a graveyard on october 25 2009 in pittsburgh pennsylvania three men will tempt their fate on a new battleground called Bragging Rights. CM Punk Punk escaped Hell in the Cell relatively in one piece. All he lost was his title. At bragging rights, I will take his soul. Rey Mysterio. Your tenacious heart is legendary. Your courage unquestionable. But make no mistake about it. I will show you no mercy. And that brings me to Batista. Batista, our battles from the past are epic, but even your strength and your rage will not be enough to save your soul how appropriate that the match is named fatal four-way because one by one each of you will fall beneath the shadow of the Undertaker one by one you will
0: rest in peace. So, you've just heard the Undertaker Wayward Souls promo. This was Peak Taker. This was his 19th year in the business, going on right on his 19th anniversary in the WWE. He's getting ready for a fatal four way match with Punk, Mysterio, and Dave Batista. So, we've got to the point Taker's champion. You hear the crowd, but at the same time, when Taker speaks, the crowd is silent. This is The Undertaker. Fans respect him. So every time this man speaks, the crowd is silent. I mean, do you get any more legendary than that? Just his promos alone. I could have picked a dozen of them, and there's two on this podcast alone. But his wayward souls is great to me. Just because he's hyping up stars for the future. And look, Mysterio, Punk, Batista go on to have phenomenal careers over the next few years after that. But we get a point where Taker is beginning to put over younger talent. And this is the epitome of a Taker promo. He speaks softly. And when he wants to make a point, he makes a point. He gets louder. He gets deeper. Now, all these men have earned earned his respect. But this promo is peak taker. And it's just one of these that sticks out. Because he's on the tail end of his career. At that point, one would say that. Even though he's still fighting 11 years later. But he's the icon. The phenom. This is the undertaker he gives every promo and everything with every bit of his heart he lives the gimmick and with this promo you could easily tell he's coming to take your soul
2: my,
6: my competitive spirit is to be the best at anything you can do you know if i'm in in a mcdonald's flipping hamburgers I'm going to be the best goddamn hamburger flipper they got. When I got a guy putting a ceiling on what I can be or saying that I can't do something, well, that's when you fucked up because I'll prove your ass wrong every single time because I ain't afraid of hard work, and I'll outwork every motherfucker that there is to get where I want to go.
0: Matty Ice, so we have three of your promos that you have given me that were different than last week's promos. So we're going to lead it off with a, not as much of a promo, but an interview.
3: Correct. It's more of a Stone Cold Steve Austin's. It's an interview and he talks about being the hardest worker in the room. And when people tell him that he can't do something, that's where they've done. And as you will hear, they done and effed up. And he's like, I let work anybody in the room. And I mean, that's to me, that's some of the greatest advice I've ever listened to in a video. And it just happens to come from one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So that kind of like doubles down the meaning. Oh,
0: yeah. And this is not just something that can be used in wrestling. It can be used in life in general.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you're out there working like a retail job, if you're out there working in a factory and, you know, you're thinking no one notices me and you're like, well, what are you doing to, are you doing the bare minimum? Or are you trying to be the hardest worker in the room? And I know, trust me, being fed up with, a retail job you don't want to do more than the bare minimum but each and every day you just got to humble yourself go in there and be the hardest worker in the room outwork work the next guy and when someone tells you you cannot do something that's anything in life a dream anything i mean there's, there's some people that told me i couldn't do a podcast and look 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 at us now absolutely and, and i mean so always prove people wrong that's, that's the greatest I – think, I think that's one of the greatest achievements in life is proving somebody wrong.
0: Absolutely, because every single one of us has doubters in our life. Whether they're going to come out and say it or not, people doubt everyone.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's people that hate you, that call you a friend to your face, and, you know, at the end of the day, they're, someone says something about you, like, oh, did you hear about this, 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 and this? I mean, a complete lie. And, you know, and they doubt you, like, oh, well, they're starting that. <laughs> gonna go up in flames. I mean, they'll never tell you, but I mean, you know who you know who a true friend is versus someone who just is to your face.
0: Absolutely, and this whole interview—the whole its like a thirty-second clip—tells everything you need to know, right to a T. And I don't know if I've heard more foul language in thirty seconds before. I mean, <laughs> I know I have,
3: but I mean, I'm, we have at Tuscon, but. <laughs> But, I mean, and honestly, that whole interview is actually really good because it's actually an hour long, the original interview is. And it's it's really good. But the 30-second clip that you will hear and be shared, like you said, sums up everything you need to know about the interview. And it, someone is, I feel like someone out there needs to hear it in a way they can understand it and, in a, and from someone who they look up to, like,
0: Next up, you will hear us discussing Roman Reigns breaking down Lesnar. The fact that he's not there. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy our discussion. What is your mystery?
11: So promo? this There's been so many matches with this promo that he kind of alludes to, but it's when Reigns was feuding with Lesnar for the upteenth time. Okay. And this this promo got real because it was so relatable. He starts talking about you know Lesnar not showing up to work and then he starts talking to the crowd and he says let me ask you guys a question what would happen if you didn't show up to work oh yeah and I think we've all had this same discussion about Brock Lesnar <laughs> absolutely and he like that's his best promo in my opinion because it just gets so real and he doesn't actually have to act
0: no and it's probably exact he's talking from the heart because we've all felt like that. And I couldn't imagine being a superstar in that locker room. Having to go through this where, listen, the top guy gets to come in four times a year and take a spot for me when I'm working every single night. Yeah, and then
11: I know there's a promo where he's still talking about Lesnar. He says, you know, I don't care how big the venue is. I'm going to be there because I said I'm going to be there. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Because Lesnar has no showed before, shock of all shocks. But he's not the only top star ever to do that. Hulk Hogan used to do it, so. But I I think, I, go ahead.
4: I, I think this was at the time when Miz had the IC title and he, he he said he made the IC title the main championship on Raw. He's not wrong. Because the WWE title or the whatever title was on there wasn't there.
0: Was this during your promo Joe?
4: No. Ah uh, it might have been.
0: Because neither Cena nor Reigns were champion.
4: No, so yeah, it it might have been
0: because I mean, Miz was the IC champion with the Miz fits the B team that he had with
4: him. But, uh, excuse me, the Miz thank you.
0: <laughs> no, it, no, no, it it it's
4: McGillicuddy Cuddy and Dallas. <laughs> a, hey, that is the B team. B team, go, go, go! Man,
11: I I love Miz-tourage, not Miz-tourage, Miz Taraj, not Miz Taraj, so much more because that would have worked yeah. so much better.
4: I would. What a one game.
0: Maybe one of them would still have a job. Eh. Yeah. If he, I, I didn't know he was 40 years old either. But this promo, I mean, I can envision Reigns just berating Lesnar because he's not there. This would be like The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H in the Atchid Era going, you know what? Yeah, I'm taking three months off. I'll take the title and go home for three months. Would have it's like, never happened. Like, deuces, losers? Would have never happened in the Ashwood era. But Vince <laughs> no. McMahon has his golden pony in Brock Lesnar and lets That's him do whatever he wants. That is a buff pony. <laughs> it's like a thoroughbred. And
11: one of the things that kind of sticks out about this is after he does that, he goes back and he says, Yeah, I'm going to go take my ass <laughs> chewing like a man. And. Cuts the commercial, and then Vince comes out of his office. He says, yeah, I I reminded him of something one of his cousins used to say, which was know your role and shut your mouth.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, the fact that Lesnar is still employed, like there's always that clip of when he comes through the curtain after he won the belt or something, and he throws the belt at Vince McMahon. And you hear Vince go, "Listen here, you son of a bitch. And I thought, oh, cool. And then he gets to let it do the same exact crap. Yep so it's just uh, raw emotion has to lead off with Reigns just going after him yeah and it's just it's insane the stuff he
11: gets away with
0: thank you again for tuning in to another Fan Friday episode promos part two I hope you've thoroughly enjoyed our promos from every company so we've got WCW WWE WWF and AEW So I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed these, and thank you again for all your support you've shown us along the way as we now approach 1,800 total plays. And remember, when the bell tolls, the match is over.